Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a football Friday. It is Dave Sturgio, Chris Gucci, A5, Anthony behind the glass here at Chop studios in beautiful downtown Matawan, New Jersey. We hope everybody's doing well out there. I know I am. A win is a win, guys. A win is a win. If you're a Cowboys fan, a win is a win in December. And the Cowboys moved to 12-4 and um, with a win over the Titans last night. Titans played relatively okay, uh, despite the fact that they benched their entire roster. Yeah, they played inspired football. I they mean, did. They did. And I, thought, I thought it was a better game than we anticipated, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely... Um, Closer than I would like. They were up 10-6 at half, the Cowboys were. And I was just like, oh, my God, why are – like, you know, I got a lot of colleagues within the Cowboys media, and they're all like, you know, tonight will be the night you can kick your feet up at halftime and say, like, we're going to coast. And you know what? The Cowboys did play offense like they were trying to coast. <laughs> and, and they were trying to establish the run. That wasn't working. Tony Pollard missed the game, so obviously that stunk. But um, Ezekiel Elliott, like, 19 rushes for, like, 34 yards – and a touchdown, so like he gets in the end zone, which is always great. Nine straight games now, Zeke has a touchdown, which is kind of nice. Um, you know what people are going to say, right? And when I say people, I know that we're both thinking of one special Just one guy. Just one, that just is one, going within to see, our see circle. what happens in the Dallas Cowboys offense when Tony Pollard is not on the field. Uh, Malik Davis was on the field. He outrushed Zeke. He looked a little nice and explosive. <laughs> oh, uh, my not- father. My father said it. We were watching the game together, and he's like, this is what happened. Like this is a, a a result of Pollard not being able to be a game changing guy. And look, the Titans again. They they rested a lot of guys. They had a lot of guys banged up, but they are the number one or number two run defense in the league. So it's not like you know they got some depth. Um, they played in, like you said, inspired football. But overall, uh, the Cowboys get the win. It's a big one now. Now all eyes on that Saints Eagles game. We'll get into that later on within our rundown. So. Top movers from last night, Thursday night football. Not a lot of action. Like I said, 27-13, not big on the stats. Look, you can say what you want about Dak Prescott. You know, throws another two touchdowns, but throws another two picks and a fumble loss. The fumble loss, bad snap, right up. You know, again, I'm not, I don't like to make, a, you know, excuses for Dak, but when they're right there in front of you, you, you have to. Like, if you woke up this morning and you took a look at the box score, you'd be like, Pah! another two picks for Prescott, right? One was right off the face, hands, and everything of Peyton Hendershot, and that was a pick. And then one real bad throw towards the end of the game. But Bayard is a he's a baller, dude. That guy can actually play ball on the secondary of the Titans, so I'm not crediting that. But the first mover of the night is Dalton Schultz. We talked about Dalton Schultz a lot within the last couple of weeks, knowing that free agency's coming up. He's playing on the franchise tag. He's trying to get paid and stay in Dallas. I don't know if that happens, but last night goes seven catches, uh, for 56 yards and two touchdowns. One was a walk-in. One was a great um, Moss-type Moss type, uh, play in which uh, when he came down with it, apparently he was gesturing to the to the, to the corner that you're, you're too small. <laughs> so, How about this? I didn't even see that play, and I was just guessing. Yeah, well, I think he did this. I think he did too small. Too small. That's big um, in the NBA. Yeah, so anyway, Dalton Schultz has himself a night. Um, it, it's very – it's a questionable thing to see what happens – to the Cowboys' tight end position in the offseason because, obviously, they're, they're kind of loaded there. I, I like Schultz. I do like Hendershot. I think he'll be good. Uh, Ferguson's good. And, I, you know, Sean McEwen is, is my guy. So, like, I, I can't I can't choose between the four. But if they have three of the four next year, I'm not mad at it, right? Tight ends are a plentiful over there. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. 
But I, I think that the offense could use an established tight end. They probably would like to keep Dalton Schultz, but I agree with you. The money is going to be a little bit too much, and they have a lot of other things that they need to address. Yeah, we talked about Pollard not playing, but there's also a Pollard contract. But, but look, too. we still have Dalton Schultz going forward, and he's finally healthy, it looked like. Finally, you know, the last couple of weeks he's coming into his own a little bit. Yeah. But more so yesterday, he's the best game of the season. It's a good time to have your best game of the season with your contract looming. And the playoffs yeah. are approaching, so they need somebody else to step up in, in games because it's not going to always be able to be CD, which it was yesterday. And it we'll was get again. To it in a second. But I, I'm in on Dalton Schultz for the next couple weeks because why wouldn't you be? The Dallas Cowboys are definitely into the playoffs now, right? We established that. That was a couple weeks ago, And yeah. they're going to get probably two games if they play Tampa. I know Tampa is the Tom Brady effect, et cetera, but – you know, Tom Brady behind that offensive line, they're going to be running for their lives against Dallas. So you could look at Dallas getting like at least three more games this season. You would hope. And <laughs> Dalton, Schultz, Dalton Schultz, three games over the last three. Does he have three touchdowns? He's got more than that, yeah. Well, he's got two last night. So so I think he has one in, the, in two weeks ago. So if he's Whatever, averaging if he's a touchdown averaging a, touchdown a, game, a game, yeah, right. I know that doesn't necessarily ring true always, but I'm going to go in on Dalton Schultz. I think Dak is leaning on him a little bit heavier down the stretch. Now, I said this on Monday when we were recapping last week's games that CeeDee Lamb was an absolute wide receiver one and should be in the conversation with Jamar Chase and guys like that within the league. Once again, last night, 11 catches on 14 targets for 100 on the dot, which if you watched the end of the game, I don't know if you did or not. You probably didn't. But the last drive where you knew they didn't need a pass at all, Dak threw a wide receiver screen, and he got that extra yard to get the 100 yard. And I was just like, eh, did you need that? Probably not, but... It know. looks nice I, in the stat sheet. I'm going to say this. I don't know who's exactly. I know Kellen Moore probably calling the plays. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, more than like that's That seems I've to be I've dealt thing. with Mike McCarthy for quite some time. He is not the type of coach that's going to call a play for a stat. Yeah, so it's definitely Kellen Moore. I don't, <laughs> um, I, I don't buy that. What, so, I, what I will say is, for only the third time in Cowboys history, ready for this stat? We have a 100 reception guy on the roster. Third time in Cowboys history. And two of them are him? No, C.D. Lamb is one. Jason Witten's the other. Michael Irvin's the other. We just don't have 100 catches. So if he has, so he he's he had over 100 have, he catches. He didn't have 100 last year, C.D. Mm -mm. Mm. No, so that's uh, it's a, either a testament to the depth of the receiving core <laughs> when they can spread the ball around, or we just haven't had a dominant one in a long time. C.D. Lamb seems to be the guy, and I truly put him in the conversation with with a lot of the elite receivers in this league. And if Dak Prescott can clean up some of the bad throws again, I think. Prescott's got like 14 interceptions this year, or, but literally, and that this is a, a known a stat, a stat, seven interceptions are coming off of people's hands, shoulders, face masks, whatever. So you cut that in half based off, you have you can get some bad throws in there. Nobody's perfect. I want to ask you a question, though. As a stat guy, right? You, we all love stats. Do you think there will ever be a time no. that... I already know what you're going to say. Whoa, go ahead. If you yeah, guess this, this is going to be pretty impressive. That, that there's a stat for picks... But for a player that drops a ball, damn, damn, and there will never be. It's like a we time know each know. other or something. We've been working together forever. Um, no, what I want to say is team intercepts, team offensive interceptions, and quarterback individual interceptions. So you're basically what you're what you're asking for. Not like the Cowboys have thrown you're, 14, you're, but Dak is thrown seven. About is if they would maybe implement what they do in baseball on an error, and they have someone on the score sheet, and they decide who deserves right. the error. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> so all that. Still no. Uh, I just look, and it's not just Dak. There's plenty of quarterbacks in the league that get murdered with with the, the horrible, horrific stats and the receivers that drop balls. If you balls watch the right. Packer games, anytime you watch a Packer game, just all you have to do is see Aaron Rodgers' reaction after he throws a pick, and you know clearly it wasn't his fault. <laughs> I mean, obviously. So nothing in history. Now is they ever have to be fault. like, you know what? 
we have to wait for the score, the the, the official score to get get word from. I don't see that being from that the OC on who whose fault that was. Did he run the right route? No, I'm not even the route. I'm not see, talking about routes. But that's the reason why, because there's really no way. I want to talk about contact with the like hands. Clear, right? Oh, he should have caught that. I mean, he gets a drop. He does. Still not enough because again, Dak's numbers are getting skewed because of this. But anyway. That's the Cowboys. We do flip it over to the Titans for a half a second because there was a top mover in Traylon Burks. Um, four catches, 66 yards. <laughs> this Titans, Titans offense is, is relatively bad when Henry's not in there to establish anything. Um, Traylon Burks, though, up last night, not much, not even a percent. But, again, when it's Josh Dobbs out there for the first time in his life, his space cadet parents <laughs> in, the, in the stands are just – Weirded everybody out. No, no emotions whatsoever on those people. Um, but I would say that Dobbs had himself a decent night. He's probably in line to start the season finale over Malik Willis next week, you would assume. I can't believe – again, I know you – we've talked about Malik Willis at length on this show about how, you know, later round draft pick, you know, he's not necessarily the, quote, project because maybe they just don't believe in the guy. I saw his stats from his three performances, and his best passing performance was 99 yards. Yeah, they don't so throw. it's just not it's just not a thing for Malik Wills to be the guy. He might wind up being a bust, even though he is a later round draft pick. But Josh Dobbs will probably get the start, and Traylon Burks is going to benefit from that. I believe Robert Wood scored a touchdown. So these guys, they will, you know, they're, they're going to give it their all. The old college try next week, but I don't foresee them even it's running close to Jacksonville. It's insane to me how like how little we find in this Titans offense outside of Derrick Henry, mm. and we're talking about them in a win and you're in situation in Week 18 against the Jaguars. It's crazy because this team seems to be really bad on paper. You know, offensively. What's, you know what's funny though? Last year, as the one seed, we kind of said the same thing. Yeah, of course. Like they look like a bad team that might get bounced quick. And like, and to be fair, last, last year at this time they were the one seed, and they were without Derrick Henry going into, I guess, this week. Right. You know, they, they were. were. He was out all all the second half, and I'm pretty sure even AJ Brown missed some time over that stretch as well. So they really didn't have much to offer, but they had a healthy Ryan Tannehill, and. Really, it was the defense that was really lighting it up for them. Landry, they, had some, Landry they forced a lot of turnovers last year. He's out this year. So, yeah, they they dealt with some injuries just like everybody else has. Mm. But more back to towards Traylon Burks. You know, this has been a pretty decent class for rookie wide receivers. And Traylon Burks, he didn't impress me much. He didn't do much in the offseason to to gain any favor amongst the uh, – <laughs> We've said it plenty on the show, and then he burns the Packers for like 80 yards. I, I know, you. I know. I'm he like, had, if you look at his, If you look at his stat line for this season – he played in about, I don't know. Exactly. How about the Titans getting played two about Thursday 10 night games, games? Played in about 10 games. He had half of his cumulative stats all in one game against Green Bay. It might <laughs> even have been one half, to be honest. So I'm not completely in on Traylon Burks, but I've seen enough to say, okay, if he gets his stuff together and he gets on a team with a quarterback and a willingness to throw him the football a little bit more. Although, I mean, eight targets in a game where you probably didn't really throw that much, I can't imagine. No, I mean, overall, I think they threw it, not enough. Well, well not they enough. don't throw much as well, a team. Well, actually, they did throw a lot. They did? Dobbs threw 39 passes. Ooh, so that's that a That is alarming. That is alarming. Because that is not Tennessee. 12, that is not Mike Vrabel football. 12, actually, let's see. The, the leading receiver was Robert Woods with five catches. Probably got Tannehill over there like, like yo, how are these? Malik Willis, uh, he might not throw 39 passes in his entire career. <laughs> that could be a thing. All right, that's week uh, number 17's Thursday Night Football Top Movers. There is one more conversation to be had before we get into the um, the, the week 17 preview. So we've, we found out earlier this week that Tua um, once again gets, you know, the, the, the old pull, 
right? He's out. Concussion, another one. Teddy B against the Patriots. We'll get into that game in specific. But just to just to bring this up as a, an alarming thing, another concussion for Tua. What, what are we thinking, man? Like, this is, he's turning into like a Steve Young. Like, Steve Young was battered and bruised, and his career was not long because of a, for, uh, of concussions and all that. Same thing with Aikman. Same thing with like all these old school quarterbacks that left the game early ish. Um, Aikman had his tenure and won his Super Bowls and sort of young. But I'm saying, like, for Tua, his what, third year in the league, and he, his brain's been scrambled. Like, what, at what point do you actually take a step back and say, you know what? I might be susceptible to these things, and I want to kind of remember my kids' names once I have kids. You know what I mean? Like, what? At what point do you stop? I don't know. I can't. I can't get. But into I, the this head. is big because of his stock I can't price get as well. into the head of Tua, right? I, I say maybe he gets shut down for this season potentially if he doesn't get over the, the symptoms. Um, this one, I don't know how the severity of concussions go. I don't know. Apparently, sometimes they obviously increase in severity as time goes on. Because yeah, you get the, symptoms over, over well, time. Well, it's like yeah. you get – it's swelling. And it's, it's, you but get, look at – but uh, that's the alarming so part. Look at some of these guys. Worse. I mean, you saw the movie and all that stuff, right? Like these guys, they suffer from this yeah. uh, CTE and all that stuff. You just got to be careful, it's a, man. It's a slippery slope. He's a young kid. Sure. Obviously, I'm not Rich. trying to get into to his head. I know that there's a lot of money on the line. And, yeah, he's a, and he's an athlete. He's been playing football. You know, this is what he does. His whole life. <laughs> but now there's a real opportunity for him to make a ton of money doing it. And yeah. it's a shame because it, I think that he was probably the least, you know, the best buy on the Mojo market. Even still going into last week, even though he didn't play well in the second half, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's like you got Jalen Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill, you got a coach that believes in you. I believe in Tua. It's just a shame right now because it does cloud the situation. So I would have to say I'm out on Tua for now because – you never know. He might get some advice in the offseason. He might have Nick Saban call up and say, hey, you, you should probably I, consider shutting this down. I, for one, um, as far as my portfolio, I have since sold about 80% of my Tua stock away. And, and like, I'm not trying to say, like, get out everything, you know, but like, you got to, when you see these things happen within your within your own portfolio and you're like, all right, so when is he? When is he going to light the scoreboard up again? I got multipliers on this guy. You know, every time something bad happens, I'm losing some serious coin. So, like, I'm just like, ah, you know what? I'm going to pump the brakes on Tua. And, again, we hope he gets better. And it was another situation the right where decision. they did not notice that he was concussed. It's, the whole staff needs to be, like, put, put in front of a jury. I don't know. This is, like, ridiculous at this point. How do you not – how do you misdiagnose this crap over and over again? Anyway. Week 17, let's get to some previews. We got a couple games on the docket that have some serious playoff implications. Starts in Green Bay with the, the Green Bay Packers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. This is a very, very big game for Green Bay because if they lose, the season's over. If they continue to win, they make that push for the seventh seed. And again, if the stars align, which I think they will, all they need is Washington to lose one of their last two games. I foresee that happening possibly this week. We're not going to talk about Washington-Cleveland today, but I really think that going back to Carson Wentz is the detriment to this team. So the Packers need to handle business. What I like to see on this one is a big game out of Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson. That Viking secondary is bad. And you talk about in the elements, it's cold. Oh, I know Minnesota plays in the cold, technically, with it being in Minnesota, but what the city of don't Minnesota. disrespect the nfc north and say that the minnesota vikings play in the cold okay they well, do not play in the cold so neither does detroit correct so only chicago and green bay okay but in this regard i truly think that the the secondary <laughs> is just abysmal for the vikings that have been all year they've been fraudulent team number one for me 
the entire season. Um, I understand they have a lot of wins and they've stockpiled them, and that's good for them. For seeding purposes, they're going to either wind up with a two or a three. But the Packers are desperate. I like Aaron Rodgers in a desperate situation, even at the age of 39. I still think the dude can can sling it enough this week. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing better down the stretch than he's, he played he's early in the season. He's also healthier. The entire team is playing much better down the stretch than they played all season. You know, you could make the case that they really haven't had a quality win in the last month. I think going on the road to Miami. That's a quality win. I would consider that a quality win. And also, it really doesn't matter. I don't know that even Minnesota at this point would be a quality win because the way their defense is playing. Minnesota, you just said it. They, they find their ways to win the game. And NFL record for most wins with one under one score or something like that. They, they have got, 10 of them. They have 10. Every win that they have this year, I think, is one score or less. They have not beat up on anybody. No, but they've the, also got the tar beat off them, too. So that's that's alarming. Um, the defense is, is really bad. They're as good as their offense is. Their defense is equally as bad. You say through the air. I say potentially through the air. And I do like Watson because even if he has, like, three catches, two of them might go for touchdowns. If you look at how consistent he gets a touchdown, mm -hmm. he doesn't catch the ball all that much. But when he does, it goes di it goes the distance. I really like in this game, and I said it yesterday, I like A.J. Dillon because Aaron Jones, I think, is a little banged up. Not to not to the point where they don't he's going to miss the game, I don't think. But in the cold weather, they like to lean a little bit more on A.J. Dillon anyway. There's only been four games this year where he didn't have double-digit carries. Mm. So even if Aaron Jones plays, A.J. Dillon's going to be heavily involved. But with the cold weather, with Minnesota, as bad as they are stopping the pass, guess what? They're... Equally as bad stopping the run. So AJ Dillon, big time today. Minnesota or this year is giving up a buck twenty on the ground per game. But the problem is the Green Bay Packers are giving up a buck forty-four. That's the only play I would say in Minnesota territory. I would say that because of the game and the and the and the elements and everything that you would describe a Green Bay December game, they're gonna try to run the football. Dalvin Cook has a chance to do good things this week. I'm not saying like but because the Packers defense run defense is not very good. I will good. say this the Packers run defense is not very good but they're much better against running backs than they are against scrambling quarterbacks. You look at some of the games that they've had, and I'm not making excuses because bad run defense is bad run defense. But when you look at the Eagles, Jalen Hurts carved them up. He had like 180 yards. They gave up 385 on the ground to the Eagles. That skews your numbers big time. It's like then they played the Bears. That first matchup, David yeah. Montgomery and Justin Fields ran all over them. So they've had some games where they gave two games combined where they gave up almost 600 rush yards. That will skew the numbers. That will skew the numbers. But we'll you know, see. we did see Raheem Mostert, you know, rip off 15-yard run after run last week in we in the first half. So there is some room there for Minnesota for sure. But the pass game, I think, will be shut down a little bit more in the cold weather. We shall see. Moving on to that another, was completely biased. Yeah, it was 100 percent biased. By the way, <laughs> he's like, "Oh man, the numbers are skewed. They're not really actually okay against the run. They're not. They're um, not okay against the run." But <laughs> you understand what I said? Yes, I, I get it. Uh, the Patriots taking on the Miami Dolphins is our second game on our docket. Um, again, this is a loser go home type situation, right? I mean, obviously the Patriots need some help. The Dolphins are sitting there. I believe it's seven uh so they have to have it but teddy bridgewater is your starter i think that's that's gonna be alarming he's going against the brat known as mac jones um again i i've lost all respect for that guy i really have um it's unfortunate because he's young you thought he had some moxie but it turns out the moxie was just being an absolute jerk so um 
I hope the Dolphins throttle this team, and I so I hope somebody gets a clear shot at Mac Jones, man. I really do. Not to hurt him, but to just ring his bell and say, hey, man, you can't do this to other defenders. Here, this is for everybody else. So, again, not rooting for an injury, but I'm rooting for just a little bit of a wake-up call for Mac Jones. Um, in this game in particular, I want to say the plays for me would once again be a Ryan uh, a Mostert. The run offense has to be heavily relied on being that – Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, yes, he's a serviceable backup. He's been the backup for everybody pretty much throughout the course of his career outside of, you know, the couple years he started. But I would say that this is a Mostert game. Um, if you're flipping the side, you would assume Stevenson's got to bounce back a little bit. Like, he's been having a little bit of a down month. Those are my plays for this game as far as people you want to invest in on, on the immediate. But overall, I'm not in on Teddy to have some resurgence game. I'm certainly not in on Mac Jones. The passing games get, get out of here. Um that might hurt people who are invested in a Waddle or a Tyreek Hill, but you know, I, I, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, if I'm he's, not, play, he's not doing it. I feel like this is a short fest for me. Yeah. Miami is, I believe, 0 9 in their last nine games where the temperature dips below freezing. Yikes. They had a decent showing against Buffalo in a game that they were fairly desperate in. And I know that they're very desperate in this game as well, but they're without their starting quarterback. And I know Tua kind of held things, he held his own, or, um, Bridgewater yeah. kind of held his own while Tua's been out, but they really they haven't won without Tua. I don't expect them to start winning now without Tua and in freezing cold weather game. I just don't see it. I know there's nothing else to really see with the New England Patriots offense either, so I'm not going anywhere there. I could easily see this game just being one of those boring Bill Belichick games where he decides, yeah, hey, we're going to run, run the ball, the ball. 55 <laughs> times, run the ball as much as and we're going to we're going to be okay with third and one and running it again. And then if we don't get it, we punt it and we play defense. And that's mm. how this game is going to go. Uh, it's freezing. It's New England. It's Miami. I'm not getting in on any Dolphins players in that temperature. Well, I'll we saw what they did that. against Buffalo. I so have that's... no issue being wrong. And I will short to it. Uh, I do this again. Teddy. I will start short yeah. <laughs> Teddy in this game. Boom. Done. Boom. Say that three kind times of, fast. Kind of. Um, big game. Uh, in the NFC South, the Bucks have a chance to wrap it up and finally get that fourth seed and try to get back to 500 football um, as they take on the Carolina Panthers, who are coming off a absolute run fest against the Lions, where they bucked. It was like rushed for like 350 plus as a team. So you look at that as the one thing that you were like, can they keep this up? Is it a Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman type day against the Bucks? The Bucks offense has been abysmal. I'm sorry, it's it's not no secret. It's it's not like it's breaking news. Tom Brady and that offense just can't get going until the last three minutes of a game when they have to have it. Um, this game in particular, the Panthers have been playing better football. They're put themselves in a position here to be the NFC South champions if they get a win here. And of course, whatever happens in Week 18, that's that's another story. But what I will say is this. Time of possession, Sam Darnold not making mistakes. I I really do like the Panthers in this game. I'm not or obviously not picking the game, but I really do like their rushing attack against the Tampa Bay defense. Um, I know the defense has been stout at, at in spots, but overall the Panthers have been playing very very good football. Um, I you know you can always have one of those games where Tom Brady turns back the clocks and he's like, hey, I'm still here. Here's my big game of the day or the year. But I don't see it this week. Um, I'm in all in on the Panthers running back situation this week. See, there's part of me that's that wants to sit here and say, look, this could be Tom. I don't know if the, what their schedule lines up in week 18, but it might be his final home game of his entire career. We don't know if they lose and then they actually will probably get a home playoff game, which is embarrassing. They will. Yeah, if they win. But I'm still kind of waiting for this 
this Tampa Bay offense to show what they're capable of doing. They have weapons, right? So that's the curious part to me. I think the main issue with Tampa this season, honestly, has been Tom Brady. It is his re- like regular season finale home game with okay. Tampa Bay. So I think the real reason that the Bucks are struggling this year has been a lot to do with Tom Brady and that offensive line. The skill players have been good. I mean, Mike Evans maybe lost a step, you could make the case. But Fournette and Rashad White, I feel like those guys have been a nice one-two punch, all things considered. They just don't have the offensive line. There's no room to run. They lost another one last week, right? The yeah, new one, they, left tackle they went did, out? They did, but I feel like I read news this week that they potentially are activating some guys off to, or designating them to return. Mm-hmm. Jensen, the center. So they, okay. they could be getting some guys back. I just don't know if they're going to be ready to go in this one. Now's the time. Um, they definitely need them for the playoffs, but it might not come early enough because yeah. if Carolina wins this game, then it puts the pressure on, on Tampa. I agree it's going to be a good football game. I just I'm not I'm not leaning all the way towards Carolina yet because it's it's January and it's Tom Brady. But if you look at both teams, I think they're doing this. Even if Tampa Bay's winning games, I think they're doing their I know, complete opposite I know. direction. So Tampa Bay going this way and Carolina going going this way, but Typically in the NFL, sometimes Guess that what? continues. And on collision coming up this clash, Sunday. And right now it could be that Carolina peaked. You know, this they, is true. Th- that could very still, well be it. Look, this is still the Carolina Panthers. I understand they've been playing better football, but at the end of it all, it's still the Carolina Panthers. Fired their head coach, traded away McCaffrey, selling mode all day, and they're here. So, yes. And it's still it's, Sam Darnold, right? So it's still Sam Darnold good, on the man. road going into Tampa Bay, a Tom Brady-led team. At home, Tom Brady career splits at home are very good. This season, he's just been bad altogether. Yeah, I still like Tampa in this game to to secure things and just give them that week of all right. Let me just we got the four seed. Let's all scare bearings. Right, right. All right, moving on. Two more games who, to who talk am I about. In on? Huh? Chris Godwin. Okay, interesting little sneaky play there. Um, another big game in regards to the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Baltimore Ravens have to win. I mean, they're they're, they're about to lose the <laughs> AFC North um, to the Bengals. Who again? When the Bengals the Bengals are in first, right? uh, yes. Yeah. But I'm saying like this will this will probably lock it um, as the division champions if they lose this game to the Pittsburgh. Um, which is crazy because when we're talking about Tampa, uh, Cincinnati in the beginning of the year, we're all like, oh, look at this Super Bowl hangover. Cincinnati has a chance. Nope, this is not a lie. They can get the one seed. They can get the oh, one yeah, seed, course. right? So they have themselves they got Cincinnati, a, tough one this a week, huge though. tough game on Monday night, which is going to be probably the best Monday night football game of the year. Uh, and just so happens, I think it's the last because I don't think anybody plays on Monday on week eighteen. But um, as far as this game is concerned, you know, this could be the Ravens' secondary has been hard to watch this year. Okay, I have not liked what I've seen out of that, and Kenny Pickett. While, you know, I made a lot of money on the Mojo market by getting in on him before he was announced a quarterback. And then once he came in, I still made a little bit of money because he had some decent performances. I've since got rid of a lot of my stock on Kenny Pickett. But this week, I might get back in a little bit. I think that this kid, you know, again, we make jokes on our other show about how, you know, the Steelers don't want to have a losing season for Mike Tomlin. And then, and that like last week, the Frank O'Hara stuff. And last year when they had a Monday Night Football game against the Steelers, I have these gut feelings that they're going to keep playing hard, right? I see the same thing happening here. I see the Pittsburgh Steelers taking care of business. I'm not sure about Lamar right now. He's missed another, pre- I think, 11 That's, that's alarming, man. It's like while the Ravens are probably, if not, clinched the playoff spot, right? I don't foresee them giving it they're all here i like the steelers i like kenny pickett and i like george pickens to kind of continue a very good rookie season now look when we started this season pickens and pickett were both listed very high on offensive rookie of the year odds they haven't lived up to that but 
Pickens is, is that dude. I like yeah, him a Pickens lot. Yeah, Pickens is that dude. I would say he's the only co- guy I feel super comfortable investing in right now. You mm-hmm. could you could make the case for a Kenny Pickett because there's a ton of room to grow, and it looks to me like he won the hearts of the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base. Correct. Years ago, before he even got drafted by Pittsburgh, because he's the quarterback at Pitt. So it makes sense. He's going to stick around for a little bit. You could maybe make the case to invest in Pickett, but Pickens is my guy in Pittsburgh. Now, going over to Baltimore, we, we're not sure about Lamar, but that offense, you say the secondary the secondary start of the season, like bottom of the barrel, they've managed to improve a little bit down the stretch. I mean, I guess you could correlate that to the cold weather and things just kind of lining up that way in the NFL. But mm. I think Lamar sits in this game as well because – I don't know. I mean, they could still win this game at home against Pittsburgh because it's probably going to be one of those smash mouth AFC North wild crazy so this matchups. Is, this, they, this one got flexed to Sunday gets night. Ejected. So, but the, the Ravens offense is re- gets ejected. the Ravens offense is really bad. <laughs> I think you might be able to see a little splash out of J.K. Dobbins, but I won't. I can't confidently tell you anything about Mark Andrews because. I've been invested in Mark Andrews and I lost a little bit. So I think it's time maybe we could we could maybe readjust our expectations around the Mark Andrews situation. Especially with Lamar out. He's had some good seasons, and he was on an upward trajectory, but he was drafted this year in fantasy leagues to maybe be the new Travis Kelsey. I even said that on this show at some point. To me, it's just not living up to it. Mm-mm. Maybe he's dealing with some type of injury. Maybe the quarterback situation <laughs> is quarterback worse thing, than we I th- thought. I think. It- yeah, but the quarterback thing has been the same no, 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 for see- the last four years. Right, exactly. And he's been pl- – but he yeah, has, he, had, but has had really good seasons. He's being exposed here. Lamar is being exposed. Well, Lamar is not playing. He hasn't played. When he does play, he ain't that good anymore. Okay, oh, I don't want to hear this crap. And he's about to get the biggest guaranteed contract of all time. Which yeah, is gonna- I look over at the Ravens' offense and I'm like, wow, the Ravens' offense is really bad, really bad. Yeah. And their defense has been playing a little bit worse. And then I look over at their win total and I'm like, somehow they still have nine wins. And then the reason why, hello is, Minnesota, is largely <laughs> Lamar. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know. One more game. Uh, it's a big one within the NFC East conversation because if the, the Philadelphia Eagles take care of business against New Orleans, the Eagles will win the NFC East and more than likely clinch the number one seed as well. I believe it's the foregone conclusion. One win gets them everything. Um, Jalen Hurts, back at practice, limited. Probably not going to go. Let's be honest here, okay? They're not going to trot out a somewhat injured Jalen. You think he's going to play? I think if he's healthy, he's going to play. No way. No way. If they want any shot at making any kind of run, you're not going to. I watched the doctor's video yesterday. Okay. Doctor over at uh, Mojo said it's right. He, he takes one shot and it's just like, yikes. You know what I mean? You can't wear the flapjack or whatever on your shoulder. Yeah, no, it's going to affect everything. I've, I've had He's a out. shoulder injury before and it is terrible, but we don't know the severity of it. If it's just a pain tolerance it's a sprain, thing, it's an AC or something joint sprain. You can't listen. But, but you're the quarterback. Sprains, you can't throw. A sprain is very. There's degrees of that stuff. Yes, yes so there's levels be, to this. We stuff. don't know, and the Eagles are going to be very quiet about it. Of course, he they're holding have, it close to the He may have been course. able to play last week if they absolutely needed it. I don't think so. All things considered, you don't think if that was a playoff game, they might have shot him up? I think if they if they had a chance to lock up the NFC East with one game and just beat the Cowboys, that he would have played. But he's hurt. I think they're really holding this one close. Now, in the same breath, are the Saints able to get in there and do anything? I mean, the Saints have been a very quiet. Like middle of the pack team to lower end. Yeah, they're in the top five, and this we'll mention this as well. If the Eagles beat the Saints and improve their draft, yeah, they're helping their own cause. If they beat the Saints, that's why you would think if he was healthy, he'd play because they're going to try to win this game at all costs. But Gardner, listen, Gardner Minshew played all right. If he's healthy, he's playing. He ain't playing. He's not healthy. He's not healthy. So I don't think Jalen Hurts plays. And I think (laughs) I'm praying to God that the Saints win this game. But am I sorta? 
There's like little little part of me says the Cowboys got banged up last night. They, they might have lost their center for the next two or three weeks with a high ankle. Uh, they, a lot of guys got banged up. Obviously, Pollard's banged up. So as me as a Cowboys guy, I'm like, if the Eagles just take care of business, we don't got to worry about next week, which is bad for you. But at the same time, I'm just like, ah, dude, I. Just get healthy, man. We got Last year, we decided to play all the starters in the last game things. of the finale, and we kicked the crap out of the Eagles and got punked by the 49ers. So I don't want to do it. Uh, but in this game, I will say the the guy to, to give some love to, I guess, this week would be Miles Sanders. He's had himself a phenomenal year all year round. I think he's the play this week. Um, if you want to flip it over to the Saints, which, again, they haven't been very interesting to watch, but somebody to keep your eye on all for the rest of his career is Chris Olave. I think he's having a great rookie campaign and I think that guy's going to be the one that if the Eagles do lost a corner last week I believe I, I don't know if he's out for this game but like what I will say is they're also banged up in the secondary expect the red rifle to throw it at least 54 times <laughs> so that's how my that's my prediction for that game. there is a very very good chance that no matter who plays in this game at, at the quarterback position that the Eagles put up 30 points in the first half right okay. you agree with that the Eagles Hot have take. been a really good team in the first half this season and then they've kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half and let some teams cover on the back door. Yeah. I think Jalen Hurts may go in this one. I really do. I think there's no guarantee that he's going to sit out. I would say if you don't have an investment in Jalen Hurts right now, use this opportunity while he might be out to get in on him because if he plays in this game, he's going to light it up. And if he doesn't play in this game, it's still fine because there's really no expectation for him to. It's still he fine. He gets to be one and done in the playoffs. But <laughs> even still, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's with those very weapons. true. That is a true fact. Very uh, good core of players. And I have a feeling that they're going to improve that offense with the with the running back position this year. How do even you improve if, off of Miles Sanders? I mean, that's he's had a hell of a year. Well, if they, if they draft a running back with the fourth pick, which I think is a real possibility If right they now, do that, then you can all call them the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I'll I will. never hear that I will, crap again. I will, but... For next Stupid. season, for next season, that, that won't work out down the line. Sanders has 1,175 yards this year. But he's not a, a bad year. But do you pay Miles Sanders? Or do you draft a rookie? Or do you draft a rookie that could be better and probably is better? I don't know. I can foresee it. I don't draft I, a rookie I, that high at that, Miles at that Sanders, position. Very hard to part with that guy. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Keep your eye on his mojo stock because if he gets dipped, so will so his yeah, stock. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, these are guys that I've been in on. Devontae Smith is coming on of late right now. Big time, right? Mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, he's. If you were a fantasy football Devontae Smith owner, you were in the championship. I can more than likely, to you that yeah, more than likely. All right, that'll do it for our Week 17 preview. We have a lot of games to watch, a lot of games to dive into. Please be sure to follow us on social media over on the Twitter, the Instagram, and of course the TikTok. You can follow us at Mojo M O J O. Very easy to find us. Join the Discord every day. Conversation to be had there. Who you're going long on. Who you're shorting. Guys, show your portfolios. Everybody's bragging over there that everybody's making money, and that's that's the name of the game. So if you watch this show on the regular, you should be up. I don't foresee us making – I don't think we've made a bad decision on this show to lose anybody a significant amount of money. I think we've done all right. I've definitely made some bad plays. That was prime time. That's prime time, Chris. We're not talking about prime time, Chris. I've made some bad plays, but I think in the overall, I'm definitely in the good – I mean, I'm in the green with yeah. my advice. Yes. My market is definitely good. My my portfolio. My portfolio is strong to uh, quite strong. Name that movie. You can't. There's no shot. Anyway, this is Meet the Parents. Um, that'll do it. <laughs> so be sure to gamble and invest responsibly over the weekend with Mojo for Dave Sturgeon. You got to download the app, by the way. Dave Sturgeon, Chris Gucci, A5, on the glass. This has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. Enjoy the football. I'm going to have to do it.
All right. I mean, I have to do it. I'm a dad, and this is how I got to do it on the show. Oh, my goodness. I'll see you next year. Oh, God. I can't believe I did that. Ah. <laughs>